powerful Word of God can change lives, heal broken hearts, save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. When I saw Tyler in April, it reminded me of Tyler's grandmother, Gwen Wilkie. Would you please write down Gwen Wilkie, 91 years young, fell and broke her hip. Surgery still on for tomorrow? Uh, yes, possibly. Possibly, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Gwen Wilkie, she's at St. Francis, so be praying for her and upcoming surgery to repair. 6101, all right, to repair her hip. 6101B, if you wanted to drop an encouraging note to her, I know she would appreciate that very much. All right, all righty. We're in the last uh, message of our Christmas season. Boy, it seems like it came fast and went fast. Or is it just me? <laughs> all right. It, it did. It just <clears throat> gone. Did all of you get for Christmas what you wanted to get for Christmas? Well, too bad. <laughs> because you did. You got what you <laughs> You got what you're going to get. Is it me or maybe you, uh, you feel the same way I do? It seems like Christmas anymore is more fake than it is real. Any, any feeling there? Uh, it just seems like we get caught up in the stuff of Christmas instead of the real reason that we should celebrate Christmas, and that's about Jesus Christ. Um, we had a little nativity scene out in the foyer, and one of our little guys uh, just accidentally dropped Jesus and he uh, out of the manger, and he could no longer be in the manger. <laughs> So uh, somebody suggested that we not worry about it and we just simply promote the fact that, well, we're still waiting for him to come. Uh, so that was an idea. But uh, it, it just seems like we've gotten away from the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, the hustle, the bustle, the gifts, the making sure that everybody gets what they wanted on their list. And, and if we don't get it, somehow we feel bad about not having that for them. Um, Cindy got all the presents wrapped this year and then she sat down after she got them all under the tree and she looked and she said we don't have enough and I looked at her and I said what do you mean you don't have enough we don't have enough I said well what's enough well it's, it's, it, that, that's not enough so I don't know what that meant except that I guess she was going shopping some more and making sure that there was enough I don't know what's enough I mean, the, the boys got their pooping reindeer thing. That's a, that, that's a big time. That's a big hit at our place every year. I mean, the, Jeff's thirty-something years old, and he still looks forward to his pooping reindeer. 
Uh, if you've never seen one of those, you move their tail and a little black or, or brown uh, uh, jelly bean rolls out. So it's just, oh, they think that's big time stuff. Of course, Kelsey's six, and she really did think that was funny. Anyway, she hunts high and low looking for those pooping reindeer every year. So I think we've kind of lost some. It's more of the ritzy, glamorous style. It seems like the commercials this year, it was about the big cars. Getting a big car. One guy helps Santa out, takes him hot coffee, and sews up his torn suit, and all of a sudden he has a, a Lexus sitting out in his driveway. Man, let me go help one of those guys, right? I mean, that's the idea. We need to take a step back sometimes and look at the Christmas story in a better perspective. We have a picture that everything being okay and everyone understanding what was going on with this young couple, but, you know, we kind of gloss over that. We need to stop and consider a little bit that what the Christmas story is not. I mean, after all, it's a teenage girl chosen to do something amazing. She was to give birth to the Messiah. It's when God comes to earth. Christmas is when God comes to earth and dwells among us. It's when shepherds hear heaven speak and God hasn't spoken in over 400 years and they finally hear God speaking again if we could understand that Christmas is about God with us, our verse, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Mary heard the news that she was going to give birth to the Messiah, that God had chosen her out of all the other women on the earth for the most honored of responsibilities, the Bible says she broke into song. We've recorded it. Her song is called the Magnificat. It's in Latin because it means the first word as she sings. <coughs> and the first words were, my soul magnifies the Lord. Wow. That's an overflowing heart. Praising God. Now that's not to say that things weren't going to be difficult. After all, she was 14. She was engaged, but she wasn't married, and she was pregnant. And even in this day and age, that's still not a very well-received thing, is it not? Fourteen-year-old girls are not supposed to have babies. Amen? I'll pause and let you catch up. Amen? <laughs> They're not. 16-year-olds aren't supposed to have babies. But they do. She did. And no matter what culture we live in, that's always a struggle. But she sings a song that tells us what she believes about God. And it's a song that tells us that God has done amazing things in her life and reminds us that He wants to do amazing things in our lives also. The contents of the song is God's Christmas gift to us. You might be thinking God has forgotten you because of what you're going through. 
I mean, you're in a difficult spot right now in your life. You've made some choices that have created some difficulty. Or others have made choices that are creating some difficulty. <coughs> but there's just this feeling that God's forgotten you. And if you're lonely at this time of year and you think you're alone, you're not. Because he's with us. Because the Christmas message simply is God with us. He's always with us. He'll always be with you. I was talking to someone the other day who lost a loved one during this time of year years ago really struggling really struggling hurting they just they can't get past the fact that that person is not here now <coughs> and what are they supposed to do what are they supposed to do forget them heavens no heavens no you'll never forget them because that person was a, an integral part of your life Either a mother or a father or a husband or a wife or a child. They were an integral part of your life. You should never forget them. But there does come an easing as we lean and rely on the Lord in our life. But you never forget. I always remember my mother at Christmas time. I was sitting at home on Christmas Day thinking about my mother. And the only thing I could think of was her telling me that she didn't want me to sing at her funeral. She wanted my cousin to sing at her funeral. And I got a, I got a smile on my face. But I showed her. Because I sang at the funeral and he didn't. You see. But they're usually sweet and precious memories, aren't they? I will be forever. Uh, my nephew posted a picture of my number two brother who died 20 years ago. When we moved here to Jinx, he passed away. Some of you may remember that. And he posted a picture of him holding my son Mark when Mark was a baby. Boy, that floods back some memories, doesn't it? And my mom's sitting over in the, in the distance in the picture just smiling. As ornery and as tough and as uneducated as my number two brother was, he loved children. I can just see him trying to get Mark to chew tobacco or whatever he's trying to get him to do. I don't know. But see, those memories flood back and they're great memories and they're memories that are precious and special to me. And so they were to Mary during this time and should be to us. God is with us. And let me quickly give you in Mary's song, let me show you three gifts that God wants to give all of us at Christmas time. The first one is found in verse 53 of Luke chapter 1. It says, he, was filled, he has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. The first gift that God wants to give all of us at Christmas time is that God wants to fill your life with good. He wants to fill your life with good. He does want to fill your life with good, but there's a catch. It says in our verse, He has filled the hungry with good things. 
So we've got to recognize the hunger and the need that we should have for God. If you're satisfied, then He can't fill you with anything. But if you're hungry, He's going to fill you with something. Amen? But we've got too many believers who are just satisfied to be where they are. Now, I don't know about you at your house, but at me and my house, we had more food than any normal human being should ever have spread out in front of them. Not one crock pot, two crock pots. Three crock pots. Can we get four? You see what I'm saying? Amazing. Oh, and the desserts. Lord have mercy. Yes, I gave in. Yes, I enjoyed every bite. So leave me alone. I did get my ice cream, but not butter brickle. But that vanilla on top of that pecan pie was... My fat cells were singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. It was awesome. God will fill your life with good. But you got to come hungry. You got to come hungry. How hungry are you to, for Him to get you fuller than you are? Or are you just satisfied to be right where you're at? So we offer several classes every week here. We offer several times for you to come and to get more from God. Well, but you're not teaching each of those, and we really enjoy your teaching alone. Baloney. What an excuse. Are you hungry for the Word of God? If you are, then you'll make you'll avail yourself those opportunities. Got them. Come get it. I can put food in the trough. I just can't make you come up, come up and drink and eat it. <laughs> but it's there if you want it. If you want it. We have to recognize that our hunger and our need for God has to increase. In fact, in John 7, it says, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of, the, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. You see, living water is going to flow through you if you come and tap into the water source of God. Jesus said, if a man, any man thirsts, you don't want something to drink unless you're thirsty. You don't want anything to drink unless you're thirsty. But when you're thirsty, you really want something to drink. Amen? I mean, they can offer you tea or milk or Nothing like good old, good old cold water. Give me some water. I'm thirsty. Oh, let's get you some diet, Dr. Pepper. Nope, give me a good old cold glass of water. No ice. <coughs> Whatever. But you want that water. You want that water because you're dry. And you need to have that thirst relieved. But instead of dealing with hunger and thirst, we just change the way we see things. Oh, sure, I need help, but I'm not as bad off as that guy over there. <laughs> One girl might ask, or, or you might ask a girl, why are you marrying that particular guy? And she would say, well, sure, he's out of work and he treats me bad, but and he, and he plays video games all day, but... 
Boy, you should meet his brother. Now that's a real loser. It's a gene pool deal. You better get out of there. But what are we doing? We're masking our real need, our real thirst. Every person is created with a need for God, but we try to mask that need, fill that need with something else that can never, ever satisfy us. Could be finances, could be work, could be relationships, but it only can be done through Jesus. Having a heart for Him. The second gift that God gives us is found in verse 54. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. The second gift that God gives us is he wants to infuse your life with hope. Now there are moments when things are tough and you aren't sure if you're going to come through them. And it just seems to be coming apart at the seams. Amen? People mad at you. People upset at you. And you don't even know why they're upset at you or why they're mad at you, but they're mad at you. People say some of the ugliest stuff to you. It's hard to forgive them, isn't it? I'm going to raise my hand. It's hard to forgive, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Because words hurt. Words are powerful things. But what I've discovered and what I'm discovering more every day is that as long as I keep forgiveness in my heart, I'm the winner. As long as I keep healing and reconciliation in my heart, I'm the, I'm the winner. If I let them dictate to me how I'm going to feel about them, I lose. <laughs> See, I can't control what you say about me, how you feel about me. I can only control my reaction to you. Amen? That'd be a great 2014 resolution for you. is not to let people's words get that important to you, but to let the words of God be more important. God wants to infuse your life with hope. Mary's singing about something. God had remembered His people and has sent them a Savior, and she's excited that now she's a part of that. God's promise was that He would never forget them he would never forget us. And our role is to have hope in the meantime as we wait on the plan that God has to be revealed completely in us. First Peter 1 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And His great mercy has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our hope is not a dead hope. It's not a futile hope. It's not a misguided hope. Jesus, Christians, it's instead a hope that is a living hope. It's a hope that's full of life, full of expectation, full of faith in what God is going to do in us and in our days to come. I'm excited about tomorrow, but I'm really excited about today because today is what I have to work with. But tomorrow we could see some great turnaround. Tomorrow we could see some breakthrough, but it doesn't, it doesn't happen tomorrow unless it's grounded today. Unless it's begun today. Unless the soil is worked today, we'll never see the victory tomorrow. Let's work the soil today. Amen. I don't know your situation during this Christmas season, but I do know that every person here has hopes, dreams, and a vision for a better future. 
You may be in the place where you have a promise, but it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Don't lose heart. Don't give up. God is going to keep His promise to you. God is going to fulfill that vision in your life. God is going to see that dream become a reality if we don't lose hope. That's Mary's song. I'm praying that song in my life and in your life, and I'm praying that we will see a victory breakthrough in this church in this year coming up. It can happen. Third gift, verse 55. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Forever. So the third gift that God gives us is that God wants to save your life with forgiveness. Throughout history, God has been telling the Jewish people that a Savior is coming. That they, that, and they thought it meant freedom from the Roman Empire. Freedom from the Egyptian bondage. Freedom, in other words, we're going to have retaliation. We're going to have revenge. So they were expecting this salvation to come in the form of a warrior who's going to set it up so that they would whip those other people. But instead, he comes born in a manger. <laughs> really? Really? And not only born in a manger, but born in Bethlehem. Really? Really? Yeah, that's it. But where's he hail from? He's from, oh, he's from Jerusalem, right? No, he's from Nazareth. Oh, my gracious. That'd be like being from Turley. Now, some of you live around here, you know what Turley is. Wow. Turley, can anything good come out of Turley? <laughs> Could anything good come out of Nazareth, I think the Bible says? They should have known because Jesus' name meant salvation. They should have known why he was coming. Matthew chapter 1, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take you, to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit, and she will, give, she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Woo! The message of Christmas is God with us, and the question is, are you allowing him to be a part of your life? Maybe that's where you are today. Oh, you know the Christmas story. You know about Jesus. Maybe you went to church as a kid and you walked away and maybe you've wondered if God could change your life. Maybe you've been in church for a long, long time and it's been the same as it's always been. And they're in really must change in you. Oh, you crack your Bible every now and then. You've taken a, a Bible reading challenge occasionally. You get started and you quit after about two or three weeks. And it's just, oh, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. But because you come every Sunday, you think, man, I'm, I'm really tuned in to God. And perhaps you are. But God wants more for you. He wants more for you. And He wants more in you. And He wants more through you. He wants to forgive you. He wants to change your life. He wants you to walk with Him and experience Him in a fullness and in a way that you've never experienced Him before. 
That's the beauty of one year going away and a new year starting. That's the beauty of sundown and sunrise. Because see, every day is a new day. Every day can start that new experience, that deeper experience, that fuller experience, but it all depends on you. It all depends on you. Yeah, 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 I believe in God, preacher. That's, that's what I told my older brother some years ago. I told him, hey, yeah, I believed in that. I, I believe in God. He said, well, you're going to go to church. And I said, no, I don't really want I don't need to go to church. I've been to church. I don't need to go to church. So by the back of my neck, hey, he grabs me and makes sure that I go to church. Now, he was dating a piano player at the time, which was a real motivation for him to go, right? But I wasn't dating her, and so I didn't really want to go. So I was forced to go. And I'll be forever grateful. I'll be forever grateful that he put his hand on the back of my neck and made sure that I went to church with him. Because I found the Lord. And when I found the Lord, everything's never been the same. And that was back in 1970. That's a long time ago. Long time ago. And it's just as though I started yesterday. <laughs> There's so much I've got to learn. There's so much I've got to do. There's so much I've got to surrender still to the Lord. Why wouldn't after 30-something years I would have all this under, under God's control? That's because I keep getting in the way. I keep getting in the way. But maybe you're here today. Maybe you've heard the message today. Maybe God has been tugging at your heart today. John 3.16 says, For He so loved the world so much that He gave His only and one and only Son so that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. So really my question is, the same question my brother asked me is, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Are you waiting for the skies to part and a voice from heaven to come down and say, hey, get with it? Well, guess what? That voice just came. <laughs> That's that voice you're feeling pricking in your heart right now. That's that voice that you feel pressure on you right now. That same voice is, is calling you, calling you, calling you. Why waste another second hoping that the new year gets better, why don't you make it so? Most people are afraid to come forward in a church service. They think, my goodness, I, I, if, I, if I step up there, then man, that's going to mean, I, I, that means I'm really, really serious. I want you to know something. Jesus traveled eternity. He traveled from heaven to help save you. And all He's asking you to do is to walk 20 feet. <laughs> That's all he's asking you to do is to walk 20 feet to say yes to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but I think I can walk 20 feet. I may not walk much further than that, but I can walk 20 feet. But what are you going to do? Are you just going to be the same old, same old? Or is the new year going to launch you into a victory position that you've never experienced before? You're the only one that can decide that. The Lord's ready. He is ready. Are you? Father, we ask you this morning.
just in this moment of prayer, that you would motivate lives, you would touch hearts, and Father, we would begin to see people break through. Father, it's been a long time since we've seen people walk the aisle of this church to accept you as their Savior, to see people join this church. But God, we're doing what we can to prepare for that. There's more we need to do. There's more as a church we need to do. But the bottom line is, we must first of all, surrender to you. If we will surrender to you and give you avail- uh, make of ourselves available to you and give you every ability that we have, you can do extremely, incredibly marvelous things through each of us. So God, I'm praying. I'm praying that you'll first of all start with me and you'll continue to crush my spirit And you'll continue to mold my spirit so that I become less of me and more of you. Father, that even though words have been said that might have hurt me or people have disappointed me, it's not about me. It's all about you. So, Father, as you forgave from the cross, so I need to forgive. As you brought reconciliation, so I need to reconcile. As you brought Love, so I need to love. Father, would we begin as we close this year and start for a new one to make a new commitment in Jesus' name. Amen.